I'm Dagny Forrest, a member of Painted Bride Quarterly's Slush Pile podcast team. Today's episode is an unusual one for us in that we're featuring the work of an incarcerated poet. See Fausto Cabrera, who's been incarcerated for the last two decades for a drive-by shooting in his youth, has become a celebrated writer and social justice advocate and continues to campaign for an early release. His visual art and an essay were featured in the Washington Post magazine's November 2019 issue. He entered into a fruitful communication with the photographer Alex Soth that resulted in a book of the letters they exchanged entitled The Parameters of Our Cage. The New Yorker covered this collaboration in a December 2020 article. Cabrera's poetry has been published by many well-regarded literary journals. We're aware that featuring the work of someone who committed a crime resulting in the loss of life may be triggering for some. We're also aware of Cabrera's keen intelligence and commitment to learning from the overwhelming mistake of his youth and rebuilding a life of meaning. We found the poetry that he submitted to Painted Bride Quarterly thought-provoking and engaging and agreed we should allocate an episode to the discussion of his work. As such, this episode, like any other, focuses on the work in front of us. Thank you so much. I think this episode underscores the mission of the podcast, which has always been to demonstrate the care with which we look at every single piece, our democratic editorial policy, and the firm belief that everything that comes um, through our portal should be care uh, should be looked at with great care. So um, welcome slushies, glad to see you today. And um, we're gonna discuss two poems in a few minutes. I'm Kathleen Volk Miller. We're, um, I'm in Collingswood, New Jersey right now. Gonna be going over to Drexel soon, but I'm here and I'm going to bounce it to Jason. Hi, I am at the University of Nottingham on my Fulbright in England. Um, taking a little break from my essays. Um, it's actually late afternoon for me. Um, mm. and just taking a little break to come record and then going back to my essay. Sounds lovely. It's really nice. The campus is beautiful. I actually think England has better clouds than we do. I'm actually kind of like, <laughs> I feel really <laughs> silly, but like the clouds are amazing. The clouds are, are just clouds. every single day beautiful and gorgeous <laughs> and fluffy. And it's a little, it's a, it's a, it's a bit much. Um, Sam, it's all that water. Yeah, it's yes, it's all the water. Yeah, you're going up to Canada or down to Washington. Well, I, I was going to say Sam, but um, <laughs> I um, hi everyone. My name is Samantha Nukabauer. I'm actually in Philadelphia today visiting family, and then I'm going to England, but not to see Jason. I'm just going for a wedding. What? <laughs> no, I'm going to be in England. I thought you were coming to see me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be in your area, but I <sighs> am to Surrey and then I'm going to um, the portrait gallery because I'm very excited that Zadie Smith's um, portrait has been released. So mm. I'm going to go see that. Um, and I'm happy to be here today and I'm going to throw it to Dagny. 
Thanks, Sam. Dagny Forrest here, up in the new emerging tornado alley of Canada. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it no. seems like every week now we get a tornado warning. We're not in monster territory uh, like the American Midwest, but but we're getting these things a lot more, and it's kind of weird getting used to it and having my phone go off saying, take cover. So. Wow. <laughs> so there's, there's something so dystopian about receiving the warning through your phone yeah there's something so dystopian about your phone suddenly making this noise it alerts you to I know it's so removed and uh, you just feel like everybody's hearing this yeah, yeah. do you remember yeah. when um Hawaii got the false alarm yes. everyone's phone said that there was a bomb that was about Incoming. to drop on them but it wasn't true and you had to take shelter mm -hmm. um it, it wasn't true it was an accident uh, but like my friends were on lava flats in Hawaii when that happened on their honeymoon. And they're like, oh, we're, oh, we're right together. It's <laughs> fond yeah, it spawned a lot of stories of people who kind of got to grips with their, their mortality and, and their supposed final moments very quickly. That was crazy. Wow. I don't yeah. even remember hearing about that. How long ago was this? Oh, before yeah. COVID. Good question. Yeah, it was pretty All right. You were too young to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should bounce it to our wonderful sound engineer, Anthony, for a moment, if he doesn't mind popping up to say hello. Yeah, not at all. Uh, my name is Anthony Lung. Uh, I am now in the VCAP office for the time being, so I don't have a certain... I feel like I'm always moving from place to place, so I'm not sure where I'll be freaking sitting down, but... As for usual, I'm excited for this week's episode. Thank you. Thank you. So glad. Um, so I think Dagny already gave us uh, such a wonderful introduction, and I'm just going to say thank you as well um, uh, to the poet and to all the poets who submit to us and, and then sometimes also agree to the treatment of uh, hearing us read and discuss their poetry. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to bounce it back to Dagny, who's going to read the first poem for us. Oh, thanks, Kathy. Great pleasure to read this one, which is called To Be Seen at All. And it begins with an epigraph by the poet Daniel Ruiz. What makes us so deserving of space in other people's minds? My boss in the kitchen asks me how it felt to be famous after looking up my Washington Post magazine essay and cover art online. The question left me stuck. I didn't feel famous. I hadn't received much mail in years. What does celebrity mean separate from saturation, fame to the incarcerated, but infamy? I question the value of telling people about accomplishments, about publishing at all. In a place where your spades game gets more respect and swagger stuck in the last time you punched a motherfucker in the face, what's the point? I just felt petty for wanting to be seen at all. Guards are more concerned with how many towels I have than who I become. I'm being heard, and that should be the focus, right? Is the nobility of a thing in or on purpose? Or the other way around, because whoever does anything for nobility, I'm starving to be objectified, stripped down by the new young blonde guard like a Skinamax late night B-movie 
Why else do hundreds of burpees if not to play into the bad boy fantasies of anyone watching? I went away before social media, but had my little cousin Artesia build me a platform to stand upon, thinking it'd present me somehow, some way, maybe keep me present, be on someone's mind or wall, admired even for a moment. The past says they miss me, but since they never reach past the screen, it's not the real me, only their memory. It's not about me at all, and neither should the work be. There is a point to this poem in its lack of trust, and none of it is an answer. How can I count on anything through a two-way mirror? I'm just a writer. The world through my eyes glows different due to the depths of my damage. When you close this book and move on, I'll still be stuck in between the covers, wondering, when you'll be back. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dagny. That's a gorgeous reading. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, but wow, the work. Gosh, yeah, made yeah. it such a treat. Yeah, so slushies, this is definitely one you'll want to look at on our website, pvqmag.org. Um, it's five stanzas with indented lines, some interior white space, lots lots of things that um, we can't really describe succinctly. So you're going to have to take a look um, at what is going on on the page here. Yeah, definitely kind of its own form, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The poem feels quite unique that way. Well, I was really struck by the ending um, and that move of being the book itself of kind of being the work that you write and you know I, I think the person who probably does this the most um frequently is is Whitman who you know kind of has this sense of like I am the book and put me in your pocket and um let's kind of have some sexy time together because I'm so close to you as you touch me and and turn my pages um but here it, it's so different because the book is a kind of escape the the um the poems become a kind of incarceration themselves in the book that's unread rather than, um, you know, sort of going out into the world, the pages in the closed book become the prison cell. And I, I thought that was really beautiful. I thought that was an amazingly done um, reversal of a move that I've, I've often seen made in other poems, but, but incredibly effective here. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I also found it just made the whole thing suddenly feel hugely relatable to anybody who writes, you know, there's this, because it also comes in earlier in that stanza with the notion of the two-way mirror, right? So if you think mm -hmm. of that as the writer only seeing themselves and what they write and put out there, but the rest of the world or readership is looking in and we don't know when or who they are, you, you know, it's that, it's that, it's the kind of the loneliness of writing, right? That you don't really know. How, how, how other people experience it. Sure, and even that first stanza, the um, what poet doesn't talk about the fact that, you know, they're, they're famous at AWP, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and not to the rest of the world. Um, you could be the biggest poet at AWP and not, and move through the world freely, right? Without ever, anybody knowing your celebrity. Yeah. Um, so I thought about that in that first stanza as well. Yeah. And I like, yeah, I like the difference between like being 
famous to people who you actually see and interact with um, compared to being famous to like that reader, um, almost like in like a tree ring or, you know, a stone on a pond way, like how far it goes and, you know, who you're thinking about when you're thinking about your reader um, is really interesting to me. I just love the setup from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it's just so, it's just so easy to kind of fall into step with this poem and the voice. Mm. All of the moves are really smooth. Um, the way in which it locates itself in the prison and then moves through the question of what it means to have one's writing or name or image outside of the prison while still being incarcerated works really well. It's, it just... Um, the only the only place I was like I was like how ironic is the starving to be objectified that um like it gets it gets very erotic in the middle um in a way that I liked mm -hmm. and just like we talked about it what he does with fame I like that question of nobility also and the fact that it is in that erotic stanza is the is the nobility of a thing in or on purpose. And then he talks about getting objectified and doing burpees. Well, and it's yeah. I mean, the the, the philosophical because I really I was I was thinking about that like the in or on person. Like that is a really interesting distinction. That is like a really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, it, I just think it's a great way to address that whole notion of being hungry to be seen, whether it's for visual art or or. or written written art i mean anybody who produces something and you know with, with with the notion of putting out in the world that hunger exists on some level um and, and this is just such a wonderfully uh extreme way of putting it it's also just so relatable with a line like guards are more concerned with how many towels i have than who i become and again it's it's so incredibly specific to the life of an inmate but it's also that grounding force that anybody has. Like, mom, when are you making supper? I don't care about the poem that you're writing or the the the, the thing that you're painting or or whatever, right? And, and I just found that so relatable again, even though it's highly specific to where he is. And it kind of works the opposite. Like I remember when I was growing up and like magazines were a big part of my life and my mom and everything. And there would be like, you know, celebrities, they're just like us. And now, you know, we're so much closer to celebrities and there's so many articles and stuff about that. But what's interesting about this is we have someone who is incarcerated and it's almost saying like, like someone incarcerated can be like a celebrity who can be like us and it's just kind of mixing it it's defamiliarizing kind of the something that I think we all ask ourselves about about fame and celebrity um it's it's weirdly humanizing in a situation that I consider that like we usually consider kind of like maybe shallow or we have lots of thoughts about fame but actually kind of it it does the reverse of that mm. oh I like that Sam uh, many, many years ago I was teaching my students an essay about um in which there there was a study about language and they the people in the study had played the prisoner's dilemma which mm -hmm. has to do with um, you know, you have two people and I, one, one option is playing cooperatively and, um, not revealing anything to the imaginary police. And the other is playing competitively. And if you reveal about the other person, but convince them not to reveal about you, then, then you win more. 
And as I was going through this, my students were like, oh, wait, snitching? And I was like, what? Oh, well, yeah, I bet it's a thought experiment. And they were like, no, snitching. And so they would only play cooperatively. And I was like, well, now no, now, now the essay is not going to make any sense. But then later I was like, oh, because the people who put together this quote unquote thought experiment had mm-hmm. no actual contact with the experiment that they thought they were conducting. That could only be hypothetical mm. if there was Absolutely. no actual contact with the criminal justice system in a sustained and communal and systemic way. And and so I was thinking about that when I was reading this poem, that like so many of these things that we often think about as being metaphorical, mm-hmm. um, as kind of only being um, an image or something to kind of make visible a certain way we feel is so real here um, mm-hmm. because of that contact. And so these ideas of isolation, um, control, observation, the difference between being seen by a guard and being unseen by a guard and being seen by social media and being unseen by social media, it it, it just makes real a lot of what often kind of stays at the level of the metaphorical. And I think that that is a really powerful engine behind the poem. And, and I think that for the reader, it, it, it vivifies a lot of things that often function um, metaphorically or or without reality or without firsthand knowledge of. Mm. Or, or without saturation, right? Like from his yeah. own line. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I never yeah. thought I'd get to hear Dagny say punched a motherfucker. <laughs> nor, nor did I <laughs> but it was good you know we didn't uh we didn't bring up the compound words the decisions to you know put some we've got some smashed up words here famous after is the first one I see that with the line break. I don't. I don't think I see a. I don't see famous after. Oh, um, oh, oh! Is it mine? Words. Is it just my screen? What was my the next damage? One look toward the bottom. Uh-huh. The depths of my damage. Is that two so this, separate words? Yeah, those are line breaks. There's a line break after mine. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. A new oh, line it them. opened up differently for me. Sounds like something happened on your copy. That's yeah. My my bad. My bad slushies. Sorry. Well, I think we can trust the PDF, but uh, yet another argument for the the honesty of ink on paper <laughs> but i did i didn't see all of them as compounds kathy but the one i saw was punched that was the only one i saw and i thought that I have really that good. one too yeah punch-ta. and what's funny is it does work punched a motherfucker <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> punched that's true it blows <laughs> I also just like that two-way mirror again with the whole notion of, you know, we we talk about interrogating a poem, right? A close reading is a, is a form of interrogation. And I just, the layers in this poem are so satisfying. Mm-hmm. So she's love, every- sorry, I love when you get a name in a poem. Like, I love that we get the cousin Artesia. Like, mm. It just kind of salts it, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in that same stanza, the personification of the past, the past says they miss me. Yeah, I love right? that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess I'm just saying the personification only because we have, a, they're capitalized and then it's the past says they miss me. I love that move there. Shall we vote? Is it time? Mm-hmm. I'm ready to vote. Okay. We're Let's sounding do. ready, aren't we? We're yeah. ready to vote. Right. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> One, two, three, vote.
And it's in. All right. All right. Thank you, C. Faustus. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. And we have one more. And I think Jason's going to read this one. All right. In the sun that seeps from the dungeon's window, everything is bright. Because God is in an algorithm I hear through the toggle of my shuffle button from a playlist I composed, I tell myself that if I listen while the TV projects a pretty face to see when I look up from what I'm reading of poetry, mechanical pencil, click, click, underlining and taking notes in the margins, sipping a mug of French vanilla creamer laden coffee with thoughts swirling in my cinnamon head, the sheer alchemy of it all should naturally combust. What butterfly wings must taste like, embers floating, escape the chaos, wondering west to set fires, troublesome. I want blood in the cut. I want noise. They made me something vicious. Will I burn out or fade away? The man in black speaks for me and reminds me I'm not alone. A rainbow in the dark, I'll take death before dishonor, but I bomb on them first. It's just the life of an outlaw. I am an amalgamation of influences, intricate in their darkness, complex in their origins. Some speak integrable, nostalgic, others spark dumb and rash, and I gave away my youth to sit and listen to all at once, hopeful, saying something of a future I'll forget. I longed for once it arrives. I read my poetry book, circle a word or phrase to slow down, hoping to see something I can lift above a drawn line or jot in the margins that can change the way I see or say. Words and wonder pour into my ears, my eyes catch, images I pull into my heart while I swallow the sweetness of an appreciation. In these moments, I am alive. Then God says, through the city of Prague's Philharmonic Orchestra, that the path isn't interchangeable. There's no other person I'd rather be. Oh, lovely, Jason. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is a challenging poem. That is, um, that that does have the compound words, that does have the um, intimai as all one word. Um, Slushies, you have to look at this online because there's, um, there are so many forms of separation that are happening in the poem. So the left margin is kind of moving forward as we go through the poem. There are virgules or slashes throughout the poem separating things. Um, there are places where there's less space than you expect around punctuation. Um, a move into a quote, uh, it, it, you just need to see it. Take a look like a shaft of sunlight on an angle isn't it with the way it's laid out yeah, yeah. I mean it really is a vortex like it really does kind of um keep spinning and even though we're grounded in the actual scene of the listening and the music and the coffee um these questions of selfhood and god and transcendence um are really interestingly spliced against it I mean even the way that like the um the scene is interrupted by itself. Um, what I'm reading of poetry, mechanical pencil, click, click. Um, the way that the, we're being told what's happening, but then we're actually being given the nouns and the sounds and it kind of interrupts itself with itself. This is a really interesting moment of 
description. It, it, it's, it's disorienting while it's grounding. Hearing you read it was really helpful, Jason, because it's it's so dense on the page that it, it just kind of brought it into being for the time that you were reading it in a way that was really helpful. But having said that, as you say, it's full of it's it's full of gorgeous questions and and thoughts. But at the same time, the poem is a lot harder for me to um, reason with, if you will. You know, compared to the first poem, it's it's so different. It's so much more um, impressionistic, I guess I would say. Even from the title, right? You feel you're like there um, with the speaker, where the dungeons become window, become everything is bright. Um, and I think dungeons is such, um, you know, uh, a word for me that, you know, is uh, medieval, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, he makes it brighter, kind of bringing it to modern times um, in a really interesting way, I think. Absolutely. I think I'm having great fun here. Um looking at the slash marks and imagining the poem if it was if those if I was reading those as line breaks you know reformatting them um so if you look about the fifth line up from the bottom away away my youth to sit and listen to all at once slash hopeful slash saying something of a future I'll forget slashed I longed for once it arrives Imagine that structured as if those were line breaks. It's gorgeous. And that mm. actually kind of maps onto the title of it, right? Yeah. Like, I'll forget dungeons, right? I longed for window once it arrives, right? The light or the brightness. Mm -hmm. well, and, and also that, that does seem like, so in the sun that seeps from the dungeons slash window slash everything is bright. Um, when you read it out loud, you can't help but hear the S as possessive. Yeah. And you say yeah. it in the sun that seeps from the dungeon's window. Like you you can only mm. hear it as yes. the window that belongs to the dungeon. But then when you're yeah. looking it on the page, there are dungeons, there's a window, there's everything that's bright. And so the slash kind of creates um, these simultaneities of written language that are in tension with the oral um, quality of the poem and kind of what you would understand listening to it out loud as opposed to looking on the page. But it, it was very, it was very well controlled. I mean, it was, it never seemed accidental. It always seemed um, really yeah. productive. Like, like the meanings kind of keep spinning out of it. I love wondering West to set fires when you'd expect it to be wandering uh, West, uh, you know, but it, since this is very much about existing in one's own thoughts and imagination. It's it's perfect. The, um, what did you think about the the line break at the apostrophe? I apostrophe LL forget. So I was looking at that, Jason. And then when I oh. downloaded it, it doesn't look oh, like it anymore. Yeah. But I, when I looked at it like that, I was thinking, oh, that's so interesting. It's almost like, because the double L looks like an I. So right. I thought it was like a doubling. So that's, I was curious about uh, you. Oh, that's interesting. We're having different experiences and I'm the queen of printing things out and writing all over the page. Yeah. Because I don't trust myself yeah, to be as spontaneous. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought it was a tribute to Bishop because Bishop does that. Um, mm. I forget where in Geography 3 where the S is on the next line because of the rhyme. 
<laughs> it's like they were the rhyme is there and then the s is on the next line because that's that's always <laughs> i'm always looking for um those little moments of, of a visual pleasure that's in intention with the sonic i love i it's it's also it's so structured the way that it gets back to the music so that when we get to the prog um philharmonic orchestra that we're kind of back in the playlist mm-hmm. mm, mm. what about that last line and There's it's no person being like being? yeah I guess maybe I'd like to question, do we need that direct tell after we have in these moments, I am alive. Then God says through the city of Prague's Philharmonic Orchestra that the path isn't interchangeable. So you're wondering, is the implication of it enough, Kathy? Yes, exactly. Thank you, Dagny. Yeah, because and it is a hard swerve out of Mm -hmm. the form of the poem Mm -hmm. Uh, when you look at it the way that he's actually aligned it on the page it's it's very much on its own right and and i would that's the phrase i would use like and and it's a direct statement right a direct tell yeah and to end on rather than that gorgeous line mm-hmm. of the philharmonic did you believe it do i believe the sentence yeah in this when, moment when, yes yeah. i believe the sentiment in that moment but but I am in these moments, I am alive and the God sends, I, I'm just, I'm questioning the need for it. I, I, I think it has to, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, if, if I'm, if, if I was teaching, I would probably say, take it out. And the path that is, the path isn't interchangeable is a beautiful ending. Um, mm. But when it says there's no other person I'd rather be, I, I did believe it. And I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't said, I don't think it's implicit. And the, I, I don't, I, because I thought about it as, you know, like, oh, right, now we have to get the moral of the, of the poem. Um, but it would not have been implicit to me that that's what the poem is about. And I did believe it when it arrived. And that kind of felt like an argument for keeping it mm-hmm. to me. And, and the fact that it's, it's so far, it returns to where the left margin began, that the left margin has kind of increased. And now we return to where we were. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, right. See, I'm going to argue that too because I like ending and beginning on God as well. We get God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm torn because I, I guess I can see both sides, and I and I do really love the beauty of just ending on the path isn't interchangeable and how it how it connects back to the beginning. But at the same time, I understand what you're saying, Jason. I think the moments of of pleasure and transcendence come through but that doesn't necessarily translate into and I wouldn't treat this existence and have gone another way um so I'm I'm torn Sam I I I feel torn I mean in general I think that um I think it works for me in 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 the poem itself if I'm not thinking of like outside things and sort of like positivity and stuff because um it sort of reminds me of like something that feels more like um you're talking, you know, a young child up or something like believe in yourself or something like it has that feel for me but um but I like it in the idea that like in this very, very, very small moment, you can have this feeling and that can be the smallest moment in that like you find, you know, the right 
margin note or you hear this beautiful piece of music or you say the right thing at the right time and feel smart or interesting. And so I, I like it in that way. I just think I think the line itself or the sentiment itself has been like co-opted in other ways already that I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably another reason why it's bothering me. You know, like it, it it's so close to it is not an actual cliche, but it's so close to the cliche. There's nowhere else I'd rather be, you know, or th that I think that's part of it. And I'm even wondering about the context of C. Faustus's situation, yeah. if that also isn't isn't making that have more a little more impact and I don't want to say than it deserves, but like if we really were stripping away this work and looking at words on the page, yeah, I have a feeling more people would be on my team <laughs> and want to ask that author to get rid of that line. Well, I, I was gonna say, I mean, this is this is the point that we get to in these meetings where we say, shall we ask the author? And so I, I would say, I think we should have a little bit of a cliffhanger here. If, yeah. And you want to do, uh, do a double vote then as well. Should we vote? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that, that I think it would be interesting um, to listen to, you know, that piece of music and then like mm. feel because <laughs> like for me, um, as someone who's like not not familiar with that piece of music, like I would feel that I felt more like at the moment when um, our our narrator like reads or says, you know, sipping a mug of French vanilla creamer late in coffee, like I love like coffee creamer. <laughs> like <laughs> I never have it, but if I had that moment at the end instead of like a moment that I is like a little bit less relatable to me, I think that would be really interesting to know if like in that moment I could feel that way because definitely I've sipped something like I said like a creamer cup at a diner and like had that moment like this is it you know this is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but this piece of music might be the opposite for you, right? Right. I don't know. Yeah. We're all moved by different things and, yeah. and depending on the mood that you're experiencing. Yeah. Well, let's, let's take, so shall we vote on the poem as it, should we vote first on, on whether people think we should contact the author and ask for Let's let's vote first on accepting with the change, and then right. second on accepting without the change because we're we're four people. Yeah. So oh, we have a very yeah. we 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 are fifty percent. Um, you know, yeah. We, we right. So we could do. We yeah. Well, okay. We'll discuss a tiebreaker right. if we need it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So how many people? So first, we're going to vote with deletion of the last line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One, two, three, vote. Okay, we're going to ask the author for deletion of the last line. Um, shall we also vote here and now, or do we not need to do it here and now? If the author says no, would we still publish it? I, I think we should vote on that. Yeah. 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 Saves us okay. an email. What, love? Saves us an email. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. One, two, three, vote. <laughs> that's so interesting. 
All right. Okay. All right. All right. Terrific. So wait, you have to, you didn't say what the result is. I got to say what the result is. is. I just said the result was interesting. You have to say what actually the result was. So, well, I thought I was going to say this is going in either way, no matter whether Steve Faust disagrees or not, the poem's in. So, so, but slushies, we do want you to tune back in and we will uh, update you on an upcoming episode, probably on the site as well, maybe. Um, and tell you what happened. Uh, so yeah, yeah. All right. Go team. That was a wonderful, fun conversation. And thank you so much to C. Faustus for allowing us to discuss the work on a recording like this um, in this different, very different way than people are used to having their work looked at and discussed. So um, does anybody have anything else they would like to add? Thoughts? anything okay all right well slushy let us know how we're doing and uh keep reading thank you Woo-hoo. Bye. Bye.